Well, good morning. Welcome to Sunrise Community Church. My name is Greg. I'm the youth and children's director here at Sunrise, and I get to be a part of the teaching team as well. And I get to fill in for Russ because this week he filled in for me, in a sense. He got to go to Teens Encounter Christ and uh, was able to uh, participate with that. And then um, I, he then said, well, if I'm going to that, you're doing my job. And I said, okay, sounds good. Sounds like an easy trade. Um, so I'm excited to continue our Psalms uh, series of praying through the Psalms. But before we get too far into that, I want to dismiss our children in worship. That's for ages three years old up to fifth grade. We have some classes for you. We also have our nursery available for anyone who um, is lower than that. And so uh, we have some awesome workers who are serving in there. So if you want to take your kids to that. I know that my boys are excited to go, or at least one of them is. Um, the other one depends. So, <laughs> all right. Well, um, before we get into it, I just want to offer up a prayer because uh, I don't know about you, but it has been uh, a crazy week at my house. Uh, we've been doing a lot of different projects, and I just feel uh, like my brain's spinning in a bunch of different ways. Maybe you're that way too. And so I just want to take some time to pray, to focus us, to hear a message from God today. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much that no matter what season we are in, whether it's a great day, whatever it's a rough day, if it's a, just a weird day, no matter what kind of day it is, God, that you can be present with us today. God, we thank you that you are already here in our midst, God, that as we sing songs of praise to you, God, that you are there working in our hearts and our mind. And so, God, as we uh, listen to your message today, God, I just pray that you would help us to focus in on you. God, that you would help us to block out the distractions of our to-do list or what's next or whatever else is going on and to hear a message that you have made just for us today. Holy Spirit, inspire us to, uh, to live more like you're calling us to live and uh, help me to speak your words. Uh, they wouldn't be my own, but they would be yours. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Something that I find completely interesting, and you might know this about me if you know me, is that I love technology. I love all kinds of new tech. Uh, I'm a victim of buttons and whistles. Uh, you'll notice that if uh, you look at my car. I have an electric car. I just love the future of everything that's going with that. Uh, and part of loving all that stuff is just getting into anything that's brand new. Uh, but I've kind of noticed something. As technology progresses, uh, it usually is helping us with one key feature constantly, and that is remembering. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I, we had this thing by our phone that was a little address book, and you had all the numbers that you would write in there, handwrite in there, to remember people's uh, phone numbers, maybe their address, their names. And honestly, that was mostly for my mom when I wrote stuff in there because I memorized my friend's numbers, right? Had a, had a whole list in my head. I knew how to dial it. I didn't need to look it up. Knew it right away. Where if you transform that into today, I know three numbers. One of them is my own, right? And then my other one's my wife, and then it's my mom. And honestly, the only reason I remember my mom so well is because she hasn't changed hers in 20 years. So it makes it pretty easy. Uh, I, I'm terrible at remembering um, phone numbers, and, and honestly, I, I used to be really good at the directions, and now I don't even pay attention to where I'm going because we have this thing called Google uh, that will map you wherever you want to go. And so I'll be driving through L.A., and sometimes I'll talk to people and like, oh, did you take this or this? And I'm like, I have no idea. I just followed. Google said left. I went left, right? You know, <laughs> just that's, I, I don't pay attention. And so what's interesting is that you, I think what we can understand is technology is constantly helping us with that one thing, to remember things, that we don't forget things. 
Remembering something takes intentionality, takes focus, it takes practice. For us to remember something, we have to be working at it. And I think that's part of the reason we find ourselves in a psalm that is somewhat of that. It's a psalm of remembrance. It's a psalm of remembering who God is and who we are. And in doing so, we can then praise God for that, th- those differences and, and just understanding of who he is and what he has done for us. And so that's what we're going to be reading through. Psalms 103 is where we'll be, so you can turn your Bibles there. We'll also have the words on the screen. And we're just going to be walking through pieces of this. Um, so we're going to start wa- Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5 is where we'll start. So it says this, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost beings praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins? Who heals your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles? What I find interesting is these verses are calling us, calling the, the person who's writing this, the psalmist, uh, to remember, to reflect, to look at their life. And he says that as he does that, he wants to praise God's name. And he wants to praise him with everything from the innermost beings, from the inside out. His body, mind, and soul is called to praise God. But why? Why is he praising God? It says right there, for all the things that he has done. I think this is important. When we, when we praise God, one, one thing that we're praising is we're remembering who we were before God. For some of us, this is an easy thing to do. Some of us who were, maybe came to know who Jesus was later in life, you can look at your, your past experiences and you can kind of see a trajectory of where your life was going. I can do that for myself as someone who came to understand who Jesus was uh, fully, uh, well, not really fully ever, right? But uh, uh, more clearly at the age of 19. I can look at where my life was going at 18, 17, 16, at those ages, and my life was all focused on myself out of anger, frustration, self-destruction, and my, my life was just headed that direction 100%. And it wasn't until God had spoken to me, he woke me up and said, are you, are you happy with your direction? And I said, no. He said, then come follow me, and my life was changed. And so I can look back at that, and I can remember where my life was going, and then I can praise God for how he has changed things. Not that I'm perfect. Anyone who talks to me for two minutes knows that. But he's working on me. And for some of, us, some of you guys who maybe came to know Jesus at a younger age or just, you know, you've been walking with him for years and years and you're like, yeah, back then I was messed up, but he's still working on you today. And so maybe uh, it's not necessarily that I was headed to destruction, but he's just been transforming your life, sanctifying you, working on you. And so you can praise God to say, you know, those rough edges I used to have, he's been shaving those off and I can praise God. We can look at what God's doing in our life and we can praise him. But we got to be careful with this exercise of remembrance because uh, many times when we remember, we can just beat ourselves up. It can turn into that when we do this remembrance. When we're, when we're looking at our past experiences and we say, man, messed up there, messed up there. I mean, maybe if you're like me, that's how my brain is. Like if I'm like super stressed out about something and I'm worried about something, I'm chewing on it all the time, you know, right before I go to bed, I'm laying down and, and I'm just kind of cycling through that problem and my brain's like, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's take a break on that one. And let's go back to all the other ways you've screwed up in your life. 
cycle through those real fast, and then we'll come back to this problem, right? Like, that's how my brain works. It just constantly chews and messes me up. And so uh, the way that you combat that is you look for the but God's parts of your life. Yeah, I was screwed up. I was messed up. I was going all these, I've, I've messed up many, many ways, but God has redeemed me. You know, I was fueled by anger, constantly mad at everyone for all kinds of reasons. I had a long list. But God has been transforming my heart through the pouring of his love into my life, so therefore I can love other people. I had trust issues, still do a little bit. But God has been helping me to trust him, and in that, trusting his people. God has been transforming my life constantly, and that, that's what we look for as we, as we cycle through that remembrance, remembering what God has done. We are looking for the fingerprints of God throughout our life, and when we do that, we praise God with everything. That's part of what we do here on Sunday. We remember how God has been a part of our week. We, we re- reflect and we remember and we see how God is working in our life. And, then, and when we do that, we can't help but sing out. We can't help but sing his praises. But here, let's just not make that here on a Sunday. Let's not just leave it there. Let's, let's make that a practice that we do throughout our week so that we're constantly remembering, reflecting, and pointing out there God is. See his fingerprints, and I will praise his name. And what's interesting is that's kind of exactly what the psalmist does, continuing on from uh, verses 6 to 12. He says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. One of the interesting things that the author points out there is what, what God does. He works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. And we can understand that when the author is writing this, uh, he's writing it with the perspective of Israel, being an Israelite, and that uh, he would see that God is doing this for his people. The Israelites, we know as we, we uh, read in Exodus, that they lived as slaves for hundreds of years under Egypt. And so they were a very oppressed people. They were very much a people who were, you know, beaten down and and all of that and so uh but god but god got involved with that and he rescued them out of egypt uh, with with his power and and using moses to do so and led them out and then walked with them for 40 years in the desert but then for thousands of years afterwards helping them understand who he was understanding how he loves what righteousness and justice were And so that's what God does with Israel. And so the psalmist is praising his name. He's saying, not just me, God. You haven't just done done this in my life, but you've done this for my people. And for us today, we can look at that and we can understand that God is still doing that today. He's still working for righteousness and justice for his people, for those who are oppressed. So the real question is, who's the oppressed? Well, we can turn to Jesus' own words in John 8 
31 through 36. Jesus is talking to a group of people, and he says to the Jews uh, who had believed him, Jesus said, uh, if you hold to my teaching, you are already my disciple. You, are, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and, and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that uh, we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. We are captives to sin. We are slaves to sin. We are all the oppressed by sin. And so for us to understand that that's, that's who he's working for. He's working for those people who are still stuck in sin, stuck in that lifestyle of slavery to sin. And God is saying, no, I want to set you free from that. And he does. Through the work on the cross, he dies for our sins. He died for our sins and then is, is uh, resurrected, is, rises three days later and offers us a new life to live for him now and so those things in your past, those sins in your past, those mistakes in your past no longer have to define who you are. They are not you anymore. Those are dead. Those are gone. And he gives us an ability to live a new life for him. And what's amazing is he does, you see, the, the psalmist is, is already praising God's name in this. He says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. No, he, Jesus got what our sins deserve. He died for us for what our sins deserve. He, repay, he does not repay us according to our iniquities, according to our mistakes. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions, which just simply means sins, from us. Now here's the thing. Those things are no longer you. They, you. You no longer are owned by those fears, by that anger, by those sins in your past. That is no longer who you are, but yet sometimes we can live like we're still captives. I mean, it happened to Israel. They were free from Egypt, and they walked around the desert for 40 years, and, and they're constantly complaining about wanting to go back to captivity because they knew what life was like there. They knew what to expect. They knew how to control it a little bit, manipulate it. But this God person, he's, he's fresh, he's new. We, I don't, we don't know how to respond to him, and so they kept complaining about it. And they still had these habits of slaves in their life. And many times we can be that same way. It took generations for to Israel to even understand who God was, even just a little bit. And after thousands of years of working with him, when he comes in the form of a baby, they miss it. So many of them missed it. And so when we look at our own lives, we should understand that, yeah, there are going to be parts of our life that are still going to have the habits of, the, of being captive to, slay or to sin that we have to work out. Habits that we've just become used to. We've just become our normal. We know how to work within our own sin. We know how to work with our fears and our anxiety and our anger and all this stuff. And so we feel comfortable there. And God is saying, no, you need to give that over to me. You need to hand that over to me. 
And this is not something that just happens automatically. This is a day-by-day thing. This is something that we got to work at. These are things that we have to, to, to consciously hand over to God with our life because it's going to constantly come up in our lives. Our prayers now change from God, just save me, to God, help me understand the freedom that you have given me. Help me live into that freedom that you've given me. Uh, You've already saved me. You've already died on the cross. You've already called me out of my death, of my blindness from you. But help me live new in your life. Help me live a new life in you. The psalm continues, and it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. I love this. I love this because it's such a real, like, so real here. God knows us. He knows that we're going to screw up. He knows that we're going to mess up. He knows that we're going to fail him. And yet he still chooses to love us. I mean, he does that. He looked at you, and he knew that there were going to be moments when you betrayed him, when you would keep quiet because of him, uh, that you would uh, not choose to love people, that you would uh, take advantage of him, that you would take him for granted, that you would, you would just completely turn your back and not want to have anything to do with him, and you would just ignore him at times. He knew that we would mess up so much but yet he still chose to love us. He still chose to rescue us. I I can't even comprehend that kind of love. To know how much I'm going to continue to mess up, and yet he still chooses to love me. That's a kind of love that is just mind-blowing, life-altering. It says that God is like our Father, that he has compassion on his children. He knows what we're like. And so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how God loves us like our father, and it made me think of something that Cheryl and I do with our boys. Uh, you know, sometimes my boys, uh, they're like any other kid. They, they mess around. They mess up. They, they uh, get out of hand at times. And so when they, they have that moment of needing correction in their life, um, usually we'll, we'll do this thing. You know, I'm not I'm not a perfect dad, not at any sense, so uh, this is like when I'm focused. Um, we will have them go into their room and, and calm down and, and kind of, you know, take a breath, you know, and, and then at some point, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring them out. We don't just like say, all right, your timeout's done, go and play. We have a conversation. We need to talk. Uh, that's just my thing. I, I love to talk things out. Um, anyone who knows me, I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm not afraid of talking things out. And so when it comes to my sons, uh, I want to talk it out. We're going to talk about what you did. We're going to talk about why that wasn't okay. And we're going to talk about what I hope that you would learn from that. And so I know it's going to be one of those things that when they get older, they're going to be like, dad always wanted to talk. Like even the little things, he didn't let go. We had to have a conversation. It's like, just just spank me and be done with it, right? <laughs> no, but so that's what I do. And so uh, what will happen is we'll sit down and we'll talk and say, and, and my boys are even good. They'll, they'll say, you know, uh, are, you, are you ready to talk? And sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll say no. Um, but when they're ready, we'll talk. And at some point in that conversation, I'll ask like three questions. And I don't know where they kind of came from outside of just God has inspired me. 
and Cheryl, but this is what we, we ask. We say, do you know that I love you? And I make him respond. This is not just like a stare at me, because that's how I treated my mom when I was in trouble. I just stared at her until she stopped talking, <laughs> and I got in a lot of trouble for that, as I should have. So that's the first question. Do you know that I love you? And they'll say yes, usually. Do you know that even when you are not listening that I love you? Yes, yes, I know. Is there anything you can do to make me stop loving you? No. That's usually how they answer, too. No. Tired of having this conversation. Good. Let's get, let's get a hug. But I think we get that, as you're seeing, from God. I think God has that same conversation with us in our life. When we've, we've screwed up, when we've messed up, when we're living in sin, and we get to that moment of understanding that we need to change things, that we need God to work in our life differently, we can ask these three questions. He asks us this question, do you know that I love you? Do you know that I love you? He asks you that. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever will believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The answer is yes, God. We know that you love me. I know that you love me. Do you know that even when you do not listen, I still love you? Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still messing up, when we were still missing the mark, when we were still caught up in whatever we were caught up in, God loved us. He didn't wait for us to get better, to, to get ourselves straightened out, to, to clean ourselves up so then he could start to love us. No, he loved us in the midst of our mess and our sin and our screw-up. He loves us still. Yes, God, I know that you still love me. Is there anything you can do to make me stop loving you? No. We get that from Romans 8, 38 through 39 that says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither high nor depths, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't think that I got enough power to separate myself from God. I don't think I have that ability. I'm not powerful enough to, to snatch myself away from God, and I want you to understand that as well. God loves you. And if he started to do something in your life, he's going to see it to the end. And yeah, we're going to have some bumps. We're going to have some mess ups. But God is good. And he's working things out for the best plan that he has for you. And so we should praise his name as we are, are looking at our past and looking how he's been working in our life. We can then trust that he's going to continue that work in our future. And we get that from Philippians 1, 6. It says, be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it through on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We have confidence because we see the fingerprints of the past. That we're going to know that he's going to be still working us in the future. And because we remember, because we see his works in our life, we cannot help but praise his name. That's what Psalm's all about. Psalms 103. We remember and we praise that we were dust. We were made from dust. We were just dirt. And then he rises us. He redeems us to his glory. And he calls us to live a new life in Jesus. 
And that's how Psalms 103 ends. Psalms 103 ends, verses 19 to 22 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. All of heaven praises God's name. All of creation praises God's name. And so I, myself, will praise God's name because everywhere shows his fingerprints that God is in control and that he is good. And so I want to welcome us into this idea that throughout this week, that you would take time today, but also throughout this week, you would remember things uh, that God has done in your life and that you would then praise his name. Let us at sunrise be a people of his praise, constantly praising God's name throughout our week with songs, with deeds, with prayers, whatever you do, remember what God has done. Remember that he is still working in your life today and remember that he's going to continue to work in your life. And when you remember those things, praise his name. And what a fresh new freedom and joy we may live in because we're constantly praising his name. You guys pray with me? God, I thank you so much that we can praise your name today, God. First of all, that you have blessed us enough to live in a place that we can openly praise your name. And so we thank you for that freedom that you've given us. And we pray for those people in our world who aren't living in a place that can't praise your name openly in that way. God, we also pray that you would help us to remember. God, not to remember so that we beat, beat ourselves up, not to remember so that we can remember how bad we are, but so we can remember how good you are, God. Help us to remember the but God moments of our life where you, were, you intervened in our life and you changed the direction we were going. And God, help us throughout this week to just, just have moments of praising your name. And I thank you so much for your love for your compassion, that you separate us from our sins so that we can live this new life for you. And it's your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. <laughs>